So we're going through the Bible, uh, starting in Genesis and going all the way to Revelation, uh, talking about Jesus is found in every book of the Bible. Um, and so the Old Testament points to Jesus uh, coming. Uh, the four Gospels tells us what Jesus did and, and his death, burial, and resurrection. And then the Gospels tell us how to act for Jesus. And Revelation is he's coming back. And so uh, from that point, uh, every book of the Bible has something about Jesus or predicting him or prophesying about him coming. And so uh, last week we talked about Hosea. And uh, I, I encourage you to go read the book of Hosea. Uh, it might be a hard book uh, to swallow, um, but it definitely reflects where the church is today, and we need to repent and come back to have a revival for, for Jesus. And so uh, not only that, but then you get into these minor prophets, and whew, some of the minor prophets, now they're not minor because they're like weaklings, but uh, major prophets went to major places, and minor went to minor places. So it's not like they're less than a prophet. Okay, All prophets were equal. And so here's Joel, and uh, he is going to talk about Jesus in a whole different way than all the other prophets. In the book of Joel, he, talking about Jesus, is the outpour of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very different from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, the, the Spirit came upon different people on different situations. And, and now, this side of the cross, when we become a Christian... Uh, he writes the law on our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so we have power in the Holy Spirit, not power from us, not power from our strength or our wisdom or our righteousness, but through the Holy Spirit that God gives us. And so there's a spiritual batting, battle going on right now. I don't care if you agree with that or not, or you believe it or not, you're in it. Okay. And uh, kind of the Christian attitude is in it to win it. The world's attitude is in it. I don't care. And I don't believe in it. And that's sad because there is a spiritual battle for our souls. We need to be prepared by being with Christ, reading his word, putting the armor of God on each and every day through prayer. The prophet Joel prophesied about this time of spiritual warfare and who his people were going to be. It is neither Jew nor Gentile anymore. It is Christians. Christ followers. That's what Christian means. It's simple as Christ followers. Jesus, everybody else. And when we become a Christian, that everybody else, we go down here and we serve other people and serve God. And so when we become a Christian, we can't have any arrogance or pride or say, I'm better than you. We are under Jesus. And so we need to wake up. We need to get the weapons ready and go out and battle. We can't sit on the sidelines anymore. We can't sit here and say, well, we'll go to church, uh, check mark, and uh, I'm not doing anything else the rest of the week. We actually have to be with Christ. If we are called a Christian, we are a Christ follower, not on Sundays for an hour, but on 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year. We have to be on fire for Jesus, not just on Sundays. And so we got to start somewhere, and so we're going to start on a harsh note. You're like, oh my goodness, he's going deep already. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 18 through 20. Now this word flee, you know what this word flee means? Run. Get out. Stop it. Run as fast as you can. Don't even think about it. You know, what does our world pound in our head in every program, in every commercial, in every TV program, in every song? What does it push? Sexual immorality. Everything about our culture. 
is sexual immorality. Everything. And it says this. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Now I'm talking about Christians here, people. This is not preaching to the world. If they're with the world, then they're not going to follow this. So we shouldn't be preaching to the world saying, okay, you've got to flee from that. Huh? But I'm not a Christian. Okay, then if you are a Christian, this is what we should be doing. We should not look like the same as the world. Pornography is at the same level as Christians as the world does. Just, just put that in your mind for a little bit. Divorce rates and adultery are the same as the world's. We don't look any different. And God says here, flee from sexual immorality. Now, do I have every right in my righteousness to preach this? No. No. I had a problem for 30 years about things. And God forgave me, and I am better for it. Do I stumble? Yes. But God forgives. And God's grace is awesome. And I flee. Do I stumble? Yes. Does my wife forgive me? I don't know why. But she's awesome. And then verse 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the what? Okay. So whatever we're doing, the Holy Spirit's doing. What? When you cuss at people or put them down, guess what the Holy Spirit's doing? And we think that's okay. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Christians, hear this. This is not the world. This is you. You are not your own anymore. When you come to Christ, you are not Frank Sawicki. I am a new creature. I am a new person. I have new purpose. I have new direction. I have new ideas and desires that match with God. I am not Frank Sawicki anymore. I am a Christian following Jesus. You were bought at a price. How big of a price? The death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Therefore, honor God with your what? Okay. So we've established that, right? So before we get into Joel, God has told us that we need to be sexually pure in our bodies. Now, if you're not, guess what you can come do? Repent and come back to God. He always, he's always there to forgive. But when we stay in our sin and we just go back to the throw-up, we go back to the ugliness... God's like, why are you doing that? I have given you a new life and a new purpose and a new direction. And you're going to go to the throw up of sin. And so how do we get out of that? Well, Joel, Joel was prophesying. Here we go. Joel was, Joel was right there. You ready? Here we go. Rend your heart. You know what rending is? It's a, this idea of taking grain or a, or a cloth and like just... <clears throat> just rendering it and like ripping it apart. You ever seen people do that with uh, telephone books? I know, I'm showing my age. But these really cool guys on online, you know, like, I ripped this telephone book. <sighs> Dean did that. Dean ripped a telephone book. Good job. Um, so that's like rending and, and separating yourself from another thing. 
Rend your heart, not your garments. So a lot of people at that time would go around, I'm going to rip my shirt off. I'm not going to do that. I, I thought I was going to do that, but I don't have a shirt underneath. Anyway, they rip their shirt off. They, they, they shave their heads. They put sackcloth, that ugly stuff that you just get itchy in, and ashes on themselves. And like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so... And then they go straight back over here to, to worship idols and, 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 and sacrifice kids and sacrifice things to other gods. And God's like, wait a minute. You were saying and you were showing a repentant heart. You were rendering your heart. It didn't match. You went straight back to the same stupid stuff. And here's Joel saying, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. We need to rend our hearts, rip it from the sin that we, it so easily entangles us. How? We have the Holy Spirit. We have power in the Holy Spirit. And yet we're the people who go, oh, just do it again. I'm just going to do it again. And we trample on the grace of God. And then he says in verse 14, he's talking about all of Israel here. He's saying, who knows that God may return and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. And if he doesn't, we still need to rend our hearts. Even if we get destroyed and the floodwaters take us away or lightning strikes us and we're dead, we still praise God. So, how do we become this nation, this, 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 this people that God wants through Jesus Christ? We rend our hearts first. And then we get power through the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, he was prophesying this. Remember, he was, he was saying it then, but it also points to the future, which is now. And afterward, I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. It's happening today, people. God is coming. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth and blood and fire and billows of smoke. Holy moly, that's going to be interesting. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon blood to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Who's going to be dreadful for? Non-believers. But who's going to be judged first? The church. So you better rend your hearts now. I'm not talking to the world, I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to the church. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah for that one. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Guys, the Holy Spirit gives us power. Now, what kind of power? You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. What power? Well, if the Holy Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, I'm pretty sure that's pretty powerful. And yet we don't tap into it. You know how your cell phone like starts beeping? Oh, yeah, need power. Uh, you know, low power mode. And you're like, oh man, I got like 20%. I got maybe uh, 20 minutes, an hour maybe. And then it goes to two, one, zero. Oh, can't talk to anybody. Because you don't plug it in. We don't plug into the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh, we can do it on our own. And then we'll just pray when we need it. No, you need them all the time. Good, bad, ugly. Bad times, good times, 
You need him all the time. And so what are the weapons of the Holy Spirit? Oh, did I say weapons? <gasps> I thought we were supposed to be peaceful. Yes, we are. But there are weapons. There are spiritual weapons that we're not going to, like, stab somebody, okay, physically. But we're going to stab them in the heart with the Holy Spirit. And you're like, how do you do that? Well, let's go for it. The Bible answers itself. Ready? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It doesn't say, finally, just be weak and uh, don't say anything and uh, you have no power because you can't do it anyway. No. It says, finally, be strong in who? The Lord, not in yourself. And in his mighty power. It doesn't say, finally, be strong in Frankie's power and Frankie's mighty power. It doesn't say that. It's not about you. It's about Jesus working through you. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, this isn't even like the battle yet. This is the schemes. This is like the deceiving. This is like the, oh, I'm just going to twist the truth a little bit, and you're going to get distracted, and you're going to be over here going, oh, yeah, I don't need God anymore because this is what the world says. Or this is what the world interprets that to say. Or I'm going to put my own interpretation. It's not about you. We should read the word of God because then we can say, oh, that's what the devil's doing. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But if we don't look at this, then we're like, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that sounds comforting. We'll just go over here. And we can get trapped and we get this, this, this schemes and then we start teaching other people and then we just go down the road. You ready? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That means we're not like stabbing people in the heart or you know, chopping their heads off. We don't do that. Okay? But we're going to chop through the falsehood. We're going to chop through the things that are taking them away from Christ. And we're going to chop through the things that we have in our life through the Holy Spirit. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Who are you battling when you go to the voter box? It's not physical president, I'll tell you that much. It is a spiritual war. Who are you against? Your boss? No. It is a spiritual battle. Who are you against? The school system? No. Not the physical school system. It is the spirit behind it. So why do we hate people? Why do we want to beat them up or say bad things or gossip about them? It's not about them. You're fighting a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, which is now, people, it's not like in the future, it's now, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then in the belt of truth buckled around your waist, so your pants don't fall down, or your spiritual pants, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, so you don't want to expose your heart to things, with your feet fitted with the readiness comes with the gospel of peace. It is a peaceful gospel because Jesus took the punishment and now we can have peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Not literally going around to your work. Hey, I got a shield. Wouldn't that be cool if you went to work with a shield? Hey, I can see myself in it. I polished it. Look at that. No, it's the spiritual shield which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one because he will. if you're living for Christ, then he's going to attack a living thing. If you're dead in Christ, you're not going to get attacked. Because like, oh yeah, they're, they're fine. They're dead. Look at them. 
But we won't want to have the Holy Spirit. We're going to live, and he's going to be after us, which is good. We should take pride in that the devil picked us to be against. Yes! Take the helmet of salvation, which is your mind. That's why we need to be in this. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. There's your weapons. And then the ultimate weapon is this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Even the ones with the kids when they raise their hand, can you pray for my dog? How many prayers can we pray for? All kinds. <laughs> can you pray for my cat? Sure. I've seen people who said, no, God doesn't care about that. Oh. It says right here, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of what? Prayers and requests. Because we, God sorts them out. We just pray and he sorts it out. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all God's people. Pray also for me. I would like you to do this for me, too. This is Paul saying it, but I'd like you to do this for me, too. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I am fearfully. That word. Read it. Fearlessly. There you go. Make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. As I should. Oh, they're going to lock me up someday. Which then I'll be like, I'll be singing. And see if God just opens the gates. And if he doesn't, then I'll go to death. Either way, I'm with God. And so, if we rend our hearts, if we know that it's a spiritual battle, if we know we have the weapons and the armor, then how are we going to use it? We are spiritual warriors. Not spiritual whips. And Joel's preaching here. He's, he's prophesying. Joel 3, 9-21. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Rouse the warriors. We are the warriors, people. We need to get off our tukish and actually get in the war. Amen. Get in the battle. Amen. Let all the fighting men draw near and attack. Beat your plowshares into swords. Now what's our sword? Your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weakling, which I am one of them, say I am strong. In who? In God. See? It is about God. Come quickly, all you nations, from every side, and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, Lord. Let the nations be roused. Let them advance in the valley of Jehoshaphat, for they will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes for the wine presses full and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Just stop on them, God. Multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Guys, you've got to decide either you're with Jesus or you're not. There's no gray area. There's no warm feeling. When you're in that warm spot, Jesus says in Revelation, he spits you out. I don't want to be there. I want to be a cold drink of water to refresh people, or I want to be fire for God and just preach. I don't want to be in the middle going, double-mindedness is not a godly character. The sun and the moon will be darkened, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion. What What does a lion do? When he roars, what does the whole jungle do? Stop and shake. I'm telling you, Jesus is on the move, and he is roaring. And some people are not hearing it. 
The earth and the heavens will tremble, but the Lord it will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel, blessings for God's people. You don't have to be perfect to come to God. You're not. Only Jesus is perfect. That's why we need Jesus. Wow, I haven't got things right in my life. Well, I haven't, I haven't memorized this. I haven't done this. So, come to Jesus anyway. He's the one that makes you better. You don't have people in the hospital bed going, oh, I can heal myself. Let me stitch myself up. No, they call for a what? A doctor. Well, what do you think Jesus is? The doctors of our soul. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be holy. Never again will be a foreigner's invader. Nobody has invaded the spiritual church. Nobody. They can't get to it. Why? Because they're not spiritual. Physical means cannot destroy our livelihood in Jesus. Our kingdom is undestroyable. In that day, the mountains will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the, uh, all the ravens of Judah will run with water. Uh, ravines, sorry. You should have corrected me. The ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and the water in the valley of the Acris. But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste, because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Guys, if they, if they come after Christians, who are they coming after? They ain't coming after me. Who are they, who are they persecuting? Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to deal with Jesus. I don't, you know, whatever they do to me, I'm going to be with Jesus no matter what. But they're, they're ticking off God. Not me. Because I'm supposed to love them. Judah will be inhabited forever in Jerusalem through all generations. Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not. The Lord dwells in Zion. Guys, Jesus is the outpour of the Holy Spirit. We can't get to heaven. We can't get the power. We can't get anything without Jesus. And then we have the Holy Spirit, and we have power. We've got to stop playing the wimp card. The Christians, the church, are not wimps. We've got to stand up for what is right. Now, should we go to rallies and beat people up? No. But should we pray? Oh, my goodness, yes. If we pray, Jesus moves. If we do it ourselves, it don't work. We just like look like hypocrites, or we look like, you know, bashing people over the head, or we look like, you know, ingrates of, of God's glory. We start yelling at people and pointing the finger at people. Guess what we become? God. And I don't want to become God because I'm not the judge. If we start loving and never telling the truth, then we look like, you know, there is no truth and we just accept everything. There has to be love and truth at the same time. And the only way you can get that is through the Holy Spirit. And so, our faith leads us to Jesus. We have to ask Jesus. It is his salvation, not ours. And when we do that, our faith leads us to repent. To say, I don't want to go my way anymore. I want your way. It confesses to everybody in the room that Jesus is Lord. That it confesses our sins and says, look, I'm horrible. You are mighty. I am not righteous. You are righteous. It moves us to be immersed into water like the the living death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's just a picture in water. And then we live for Jesus for the rest of our life. And you know what? We can mix all those things up. But I just want to do what the whole New Testament tells me to do. I don't want to skip a step. But guess what? It starts with faith in Jesus. It is about Jesus 
And he gives the Holy Spirit. And he gives the power. And he gives the grace. And he gives the, the justice. And he gives the love. And he gives the self-control. And he gives... And you're like, oh, okay, I got the idea. <laughs> it's Jesus. And Joel was prophesying about that. And we are in those days of Joel. We are in those days. Start today and be a warrior of Jesus. Stop being a wimp. Have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. All it is is coming to Jesus and acknowledging him. Come today. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Let's get on the road. If you're already on the road, let's get together. we got to prepare for war. We are the warriors. In Jesus' name. In his spirit. In his power. In his glory. Let's pray.